and welcome back to We've Never Been Clicked. This is Cuppy Cup, and it is Clemson week, and we have Jay Arnold. How's it going, Jay? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And I know you're lying because you were sick yesterday, which is why the podcast is late. It's Clemson week. It's Clemson week. You just got to suck it up and deal with it. You got to fight through it. And of course, we also have the infamous tailgate writer, Jimmy Guards. Howdy, Ags. Howdy, Cup. Jay, welcome back. Jimmy, you kind of got me fired up this week on on the tailgate, which is a, uh, a a change of pace because I'm usually trying to bring the fan base down to the basement level. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I, I kind of like piggybacking sometimes on your um, I don't know self shot and the self hatred, and it can be uh, somewhat amusing. But uh, when we dive into the game, I'm going to lay out why I think uh, not only can the Aggies be competitive on uh, a Saturday, I think A and M has a chance of winning this ball game. So um, I'm not predicting that, but I think. Uh, or at least with my with my pocketbook, but uh, I think it's <laughs> definitely on the table. Yes, waiter, I will have what he's having. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Well, we can have a, a a natural disagreement tonight, so that should make for an exciting show. First, a bit of administrative business. Our our fans, or whatever you want to call the people who listen to this, did not love the uh, runaround Sue parody. So I'm I'm deciding whether to roll with rain and jimbos for this episode or or just go maverick i'm i'm always a big fan of uh john mccain r.i.p mm. too soon too yeah, soon too, yeah, too, too soon jay all, all right, right. Well, <laughs> can we call our fans never clickers <laughs> i kind of like that it sounds offensive in some way yeah like there's the never trumpers these are the never clickers Oh, Perfect. We're getting political on your woke ass Aggie podcast tonight. The now I have two decisions to make, Jay. I have to decide <laughs> which song to play and then whether to keep in the McCain comment or cut it. So uh, we'll we'll probably get rid of that one. <laughs> we'll see. I'll probably keep it in actually because it seems like it makes you uncomfortable now. Perfect. That's all what right. I like to hear. So you guys, I, I wasn't uncomfortable with it until y'all decided I was making fun of them. No, it was just a reference. It's just a reference, Jay. I get it. I totally get your references. The, Sick reference, bro. Do we want to uh, stick with Raining Jimbos? Well, Jimmy, you hate Raining Jimbos, so I don't think you really care. No, just, you know, kill us. Do what you do. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll surprise everyone. Maybe I'll go with Surfing Aggie Land and, and just go. Which actually, I think, got more votes than Run Around Sue, which is, that made me sad. Well, yeah, run, run around Sue is clearly the sonically better option. Yeah, <laughs> Aggies are not known for their taste in the arts, that's for sure. <laughs> so here we sit on a Thursday with Texas A&M being one of 82 teams that is undefeated in college football. And we're all riding high heading into Clemson week. Are either of you going to this game? Going to College Station, not to the game because I am poor. I'm, and uncredentialed. I'm I'm sensing a theme here, Jay. <laughs> You're going to just be in the town every week that we play. That that's the plan. I'm hopeful, Jay. We have at least like thirty 
regular listeners to this show that someone has an extra ticket, not for this game, because no one's going to give you a Clemson ticket, but that they have a ticket to one of our future Cupcake games. Well, and to be honest, though, it, it is a little bit easier to do my job and analyze and see what is wrong or right with the Aggies when I'm watching on a TV screen as opposed to in person. Well, that's the beautiful thing about Wi-Fi in the stadium. You can be in the stadium watching the game on television. <laughs> uh, I thought there was a force field around the credentialed media, and they were the only ones able to analyze a football game from their uh, perch above the stadium. <laughs> well, uh, if you talk to some of the people that sit behind you at games, find that out. That's not true real quick. Yeah. There's a lot of analysis <laughs> going on. <laughs> so many takes. Also, on, we have experts on the field level, Jimmy. Please don't don't leave out the credentialed media with field passes. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Jimmy, I want to start with you because you said something that piqued my interest in that we have a chance to win this game. So do you just want to kind of break it down for us? Is this just blind optimism or do you have some some reasoning behind that statement? Yeah, so the reason behind my uh, my optimism for Saturday is based on what I saw against Northwestern State. I think we saw a more disciplined uh, football program, a team that, uh, well, wasn't pretty on every possession or every set of downs. They put together four quarters, uh, solid discipline. Um, what I really started thinking about, though, was, okay, what's a, what's kind of a comparison? What, what can we judge this crop of football players against that will be similar to what they're going to see on Saturday night? And last year, uh, early on in the season, October 7th, the Ags are hosting Alabama, and Kellen Mond gets the start. And much to the surprise of everybody in the nation, the Aggies only lose by eight points. And Kellen Mond actually put together a pretty decent game both offenses in the game went for about 300 yards and uh, the Aggies kept it interesting throughout. And uh, we all know what became of that Alabama team. They won their 100th national championship in 100 years. And uh, the Aggies went on to fire their coach. All that to say is I think that Kellen Mond almost a full calendar year later has grown up a lot. I think the offense on Saturday night is going to be simple enough for him to succeed. And if A&M keeps it close in the turnover battle, maybe breaks off a couple plays. And if the 12th man gets off their phones, doesn't dilly-dally with the Jumbotron, and yells their asses off, I think things could be very interesting going into the fourth quarter on uh, Saturday night. Mm-mm. I... I'm kind of our resident pessimist, although I did agree that I wasn't going to be nasty until there was a reason to be nasty. That's like a roadhouse adaptation of some kind. Uh, the uh, I think that we're going to lose this game, and my hope is that, like you said, it is interesting going into the fourth quarter. Um, I'm just so terrified of Clemson's defense based on dozens of tweets that I've studied from analysts and Clemson fans that uh, I've, I've, I have a well-formed opinion that A&M is just not going to be able to hang. Jay? Yeah, I uh, don't disagree. I think A&M does have a chance in the same way that Conor McGregor had a chance whenever he decided to take on Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, Clemson's defense does have a few holes in it. Uh, when you're playing a defensive line that rushes the passer so effectively, 
one of the ways you can kind of take advantage of that is by running screens, things like that to, to make them think twice and then take a shot downfield and hope you get lucky. That's kind of the way Syracuse managed to beat them last year. Uh, I just don't see Syri- us having the same luck as Syracuse. I mean, we're, we're gonna, they're going to be ready for Jimbo Fisher. I mean, they've played against him in conference for how long now? And now they're switching over, getting him at A&M. It's, they're, they're, they know what to expect from this offense. I do think there's a few things that Kellen Mond presents a problem for. As a mobile quarterback, again, it can help slow down the pass rush a little bit. But as good as that defense is, I just don't see any way the Aggies are able to pull this off. In under, in under five minutes, we went from me claiming that I understand Jay's references to Jay making a boxing reference. <laughs> and when Jay first said it, I thought he said Connor McQueen, which even made it better. Connor McQueen <laughs> and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't count McQueen out on that. Hey, McQueen's scrappy. He's a real real coach on the field. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of grit. Jay, a question about how to go against uh, uh, such a dominant pass rush. Does the emergence or um, inauguration of a tight end into the Aggie offense, does that – present any sort of opportunities both in pass protection and maybe um, some unique routes you can run some quick plays with the tight end to keep the defense a little bit more honest. Yeah. Another thing I would suggest is a lot of chipping with the tight end. Uh, Use him to kind of help out the offensive tackles, which we're definitely going to need in the run game. It'll definitely help to have those tight ends as well. Uh, There, there are some different routes, maybe uh, a fake screen will route on the backside uh, some some of some things like that just to keep Clemson on their toes, but I mean this is a really disciplined defense. You got four upperclassmen defensive line all coming back. It's it's going to be rough. <laughs> Jay chipping is that when the you get in the player's face and talk some shit? No, uh, <laughs> chipping chipping would actually be in this case. Uh, you you take the tight end uh, as the tight end is releasing for the route he would actually just kind of throw a shoulder into the defensive line just to just to give a little assist to the offensive tackle uh, so the offensive tackle doesn't necessarily have to react as quickly. And speaking of talking shit, I saw some people on a, a less discerning website than Good Bull Hunting and the other 98 throwing a little bit of shade at our 12th man, Colin Gillespie, for his blocking performance against Northwestern State. So do you think he's going to play a, a big role in this game? Or uh, Obviously, I don't really understand the role of a fullback, having been a lifelong Aggie fan. <laughs> yeah, so uh, having been a lifelong Mike Allstott fan, I can tell you that fullbacks are very important, and no one should disrespect a fullback ever. <laughs> Amen. I wasn't able to uh, analyze the offense too much, so I'm not really sure what they're referencing. I was more focused on the defensive side of the ball for A&M and kind of what I saw there. Uh, but I, I feel like Gillespie didn't have too bad of a performance from what I saw. Now, you know me, I only watched about two and a half quarters, but I only saw him in the game like five or six times. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know maybe, if there's Maybe what they're complaining it. about was the lack of a fullback dive because I, I believe that is something we should have run in the goal line situations. I'm a big fan of the fullback flair. Uh, we <laughs> last time A and M had a fullback, <laughs> three fades in a cloud of dust. We had a player. His last name was 
Lamont or something like Lamont, and we used to run the fullback flare to that guy, and it was a touchdown every time. Ooh, shout out. Well, bring it back. And Maybe we should even run one of those wheel routes that we're so good at defending. The great thing about having this on on the record on a podcast is that someone will correct me on both his name and he probably had zero career touchdowns. <laughs> Just it was, do, do you know who I'm talking about, Jimmy? Maybe it was Lamont. Lamoth. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Michael Lamont. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is the segment of the right. show yeah, this where is we good pod. Um, yeah, where we do some googling. The yeah. uh, anyway, so well, going to the Google machine. While you're googling yeah. that, I, I wanted to share. I I listened to uh, or I watched rather on on the internet Dabo Swinney's uh, media conference this week, his press conference with the uh, Clemson beat writers and. First of all, that guy is uh, charming as shit. It's no surprise that uh, he recruits like a madman because he's just so Southern and folksy. Like he belongs in the SEC. I mean, Clemson belongs in the SEC in so many ways as well. But uh, Dabo was talking about he was actually on the coaching staff of the Clemson team that came to Kyle Field in 2004 and uh, got the wheels beaten off of them by – Dennis Franchoni team. I was in the stadium for that game, and uh, that that was a hell of a football game or a hell of a time to be inside Kyle Field. Uh, Reggie McNeil, one of his um, bigger days. But uh, Dabo was going back talking about how the team stayed like over an hour away from uh, Kyle Field. And I was thinking, back in the day, I think the opposing teams used to stay down in like – woodlands or something and then no they they still stay up there uh, until recently wow yeah and so where are they now i think so i think the texas a&m football team has moved to the stella hotel uh which i think is just in bryan uh just on the like the city line or something like that and now the visiting teams are now staying in the Hilton, I believe. Some of them are anyway. I see. Well, it was uh, it was interesting to go down memory lane from his vantage point because he talked about how the buses they took in from the Woodlands didn't have air conditioning and blah, blah, blah. He wasn't making excuses. He was laughing about it. Just uh, He was like, when we pulled up, I knew we were in for a long day. And uh, he said this time they're only staying a couple minutes from the stadium. So, uh Aggies, that does not give you license to go terrorize their hotel and make crazy. <laughs> I was just thinking about whether we should drop the phone numbers yeah, for the help. I, I, let's not. Yeah, go go get really rowdy at the Buffalo Wild Wings and invade the Hilton later that yeah, night. Yeah, let's not be doxing family members <laughs> and things of that nature. Um, but, Speaking uh, of doxing, I am. We'll I, leave that to the politics board. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have been absorbed in Michael Lamoth's uh, 12thman.com page for the last three minutes or so. And he did play both fullback and tight end, and he had five career receiving touchdowns. So I imagine at least four of those were fullback flares. Shit. Back in, like, until probably the last 10 years, five career receiving touchdowns at AM probably put you in the top 10 of all time. <laughs> And I know to some listeners, it's going to seem like since I didn't quite know his last name and had to look it up, that my knowledge is questionable. But this is like a banner moment for me, remembering someone who played fullback from 2011. So I'm waiting for the applause. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well done, <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Jay was not even born yet. Oh, shit. Back Shout in- out me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, Michael was from New Iberia, so Louisiana kid. Beautiful, beautiful Louisiana. Kid, That's also known as way a down south, isn't it? Completely grown man today. Uh, yeah, I think it is. We're we're a geography podcast now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on a, I have a new tab open, Jay, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm mapping it. All right, so Jimmy, you talked about this a little bit, telling people to get the hell off their phones, uh, and and you wrote about it in this week's tailgate, um, which was a, a fine introduction, stepping in for Wes. What do we need to do to to break through the overbranded kind of corporate monolith that the Kyle Field has become and make it a, a rowdy, intimidating place? And does the crowd even matter all that much, or is it just? It, it seems nice when the defense is amazing. Well, having a, yeah, it's like chicken or the egg. I mean, uh-huh. if you have an excellent defense, I mean, hell, Miami, some of those great Miami teams played in front of half full stadiums and uh, it didn't really matter. It was a hard place to play because you're going against a bunch of first round draft picks. So uh, that, that always helps. But uh, I will say just, uh, you know, I don't want to be all like NPR podcasts, but we have a lot of distractions in uh, the modern day. And, you know, time was you went to a football game and you were just immersed in the whole experience. It was like the sensory uh, overload of just being around other people and the football and the band and just all the, you know, what I said in the article, analog aspect of, uh, of college football and all the history and lore that uh, goes along with it. So, Without sounding like an incredible old man, you know, the things that I would do is start ripping out the digital boards and the jumbotrons and all that shiny horse shit that uh, really doesn't add much to the, to the football game itself, you know, and Aggies love to bitch about the Wi-Fi and, you know, they can't get a signal, wah, wah, wah. You know, you don't need that shit. You're at a fucking football game. And so raising up the hate barn I want to I want to read a little excerpt, boys, on the social framework of barn raising. And uh, barn raising, if you're listening to this podcast, you're an Aggie, which means you should be very well versed in the agricultural ways, the agrarian economy. So, in early American rural life, communities raised barns because many hands were required in areas that were sparsely settled or on the edge of the frontier. It was not possible to hire carpenters or other tradesmen to build a barn. The harsher winters gave more urgency to the matter of barn construction than was present in relatively milder climates of Europe. Similar conditions have given rise to similar institutions, such as the Finnish one of Talkut. Barn (laughs) raisings occurred in a social framework with a good deal of interdependence. Members of rural communities often shared family bonds going back generations. They traded with each other buying and selling land, labor, seed, cattle, and the like. They worshiped and celebrated together because cities were too far away to visit with any frequency by horse and wagon. Despite traditions of interdependence, self-sufficiency, and refusal to incur debt to one another, community barn raisings were a part of life. Now, folks, if you don't see the parallels to Texas A&M University and our hate barn to what I just read, there's the door. We need to raise this hate barn together. And it's not going to be done digitally. It's not going to be done with an app. It's going to be done with the sweat of our brow. And it's going to be done together. We're going to beat the hell out of Clemson on Saturday night. Whoop. 
I don't know. I, think... I actually think we just found the new Spirit of Aggieland intro audio. So happy for that. Uh, congratulations, Jimmy. You're about to get famous. Thank we just you. need a, a Paul Harvey impersonator to read the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, instead of my nasally squeaky little voice, need to need a cool voice like Matthew McConaughey. Respectfully, Jimmy. Respectfully. Respectfully. Would, uh, would you say the more connected we become, the more disconnected we become oh, 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 oh yeah isolation <laughs> my brother <laughs> the how about you jay you're a millennial are you not yes so what is your uh what what does your cow field experience look like have you always been in this world of dozens of ribbon boards and and wi-fi or did you get to see cow field in its olden days well i mean i did get to see cow field in 2010 uh, I think it was against OU where A&M pulled off uh, what was, I think, a big upset at the time. Uh, incredible atmosphere. Didn't seem like everyone was on their phones. But the other thing I want to touch on is that I grew up uh, and have been for a long time a Cubs fan. And I, I think uh, part of what makes the friendly confines so incredible is the fact that it still feels like an old-time ballpark. I mean, they've got the old-school... Uh, numbers updated scoreboard out there where it's it's not all this newfangled technical digital shit that doesn't do anything but distract people from the actual action on the field. Only not to agree. get on my soapbox, but as players, <laughs> we want you to be invested in the game as much as possible. And we can feel it whenever we look up there. You know, we're not supposed to look up there, but we do any anyway sometimes. Uh, and we see a whole bunch of people just on their phones. Uh, I know it's live in the moment, people. You're never going to get this one back. You really want to spend it all on your phone? <clears throat> live in the moment. Preach, Pastor Jay. Give me my phone. I would like to point out that Michael Lamoth had one reception for five <laughs> yards in in that 33 to 19 victory over the Oklahoma Sooners <laughs> in 2010. Thank you very much. Hero. It's cool looking at these old box scores seeing names like Coriel Judy with one interception. Oh yeah. Yeah, Man, that gets me going. We that into a part of the show where we just look at like an old roster and uh, it can be <laughs> a little quiz be like from what roster are we what year are we reading from? <laughs> Listen uh, to, just to just to help you guys out feel better. I was think I was 16 at the time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> now I would like to make it known for the record that I too am a millennial. So it's not just Jay. I'm just a really old millennial. An old. You're as uh, Eliza Schlesinger said in her stand-up. You're an elder millennial. Oh, yeah, that's a good special. I mm -hmm. think so too. I agree. No free ads though. No free ads. I in another shocking piece of history, I was at this game, which, uh, yeah, I was living in College Station at the time. Good times, my friends. But Kyle Field used to be a much cooler place when it was a piece of shit. And by piece of shit, I mean that respectfully. Like, just that, that big block of concrete and pissing yeah. in troughs and, you know, the concession stand just had water and hot dogs. I don't know. There was just like everybody was kind of pissed off about, you know, how crappy the environment was around them, that there was nothing to do but scream and immerse yourself in the game. Yeah, we, we don't need any of these newfangled 
fusion foods at the concession stand. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the names on the back of the jerseys should be hand-drawn. <laughs> like painted overalls? Let's see. So we talked a little bit about the hate barn. And do we have anything else to get to before we let Jimmy give us his picks and his results from week one? Uh, I just want to say in advance, God bless all who actually go to the game because I wanted to give my weather forecast. Oh yes, please do Jay. I know it's yeah going to be raining so, Jimbo's. It's going to be raining Jimbo's. That's not the only thing it's going to be raining. It's going to be raining tears from our quarterback from getting sacked oh, 11 Jay. times. Uh, but also... Uh, for the forecast in College Station, we have a. Uh, hold on, Jay. Get there. Jay is pull up the weather channel. Jay app. is pulling up his own models that he was running today for the weather. Right. I developed a new app to help me uh, run predictions. Uh, so Saturday, we're looking at a high of 85. That's which is nice. Uh, nice for this time of the year. But we have a 90 percent chance of rain. Which is down from the 100% I saw earlier. What is it? Uh, 90, 98%? Is that what you said? Uh, no, but if you would like to know more about the weather for Saturday, you can check out theother98.com. <laughs> I was trying to, <laughs> trying to lend a branding hand there. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we have a 90% chance of rain, and uh, that's the weather with Jay Arnold. All right, that is, is going to rival the gambling series, I think, for something that people are going to be clamoring for. Jimmy, how did you do in week one with your gambling picks? Well, next week I'd like an official bumper that leads into the best bets. Uh, Didn't I pull up a generic bumper for you last week? Yeah, I think you did, but I want something more. This is what you get. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Last week, team, we went two and one. The over hit on the OU-FAU game. OU, uh, I think, scored 42 points in the first half, which is always helpful if you're looking for an over. We also won the Thursday night game. Tulane covered in a very uh, exciting game if you're a gambler against Wake Forest. If you're not a gambler, there'd be no reason to watch that game. The third game was a loser. Um, we bet on Washington to cover the one and a half or two points, depending on your book against Auburn, a uh, really good football game. I think Washington might just run the table and come out of the PAC 12. I was impressed with a lot of things they did, but uh, they were unable to cover nice win for Auburn uh, in essentially what was a home game for at Atlanta. Uh, leading into this week, I've got three picks uh, before we get into that a little bonus pick. Uh, the Aggies Clemson spread right now is standing at 12.5. I think there's a lot of value on the Ags. I think the Ags can uh, cover that number at home. Uh, you know, going back to that eight or nine point loss against Alabama. <laughs> Cup doesn't think we're going to cover that number. So maybe we'll set up a little side wager, but uh I'll be brief with this. There's three games I've identified that I really like. I think South Carolina hosting Georgia at home. That's They got the marquee slot on uh, CBS, so that'll be 2.30 Central. Uh, South Carolina is getting 10 points with a visiting Georgia team that uh, is recruiting really well, but they've lost some big pieces. And uh, a lot of the great players that were on that team last year are now 
playing on Sunday. So uh, look for South Carolina to maybe make a little noise and possibly win outright. Uh, That'll be a great football game. I also like Stanford at home hosting USC. That number's moved from uh, Stanford having to lay down four points to almost six points. I I would take either number. So we're going to roll with Stanford at home, uh, giving UCLA, or I'm sorry, USC points. And then uh, the Big 12, they they have to play that vicious nine-game conference schedule. (laughs) Grueling. And Powerhouse Kansas is going to – I believe Central Michigan is in Saginaw. Yeah, it might be Saginaw, Michigan. And uh, so Kansas going on the road to play a directional Michigan, and Kansas is a five-point underdog. Well, folks, we're taking Central Michigan, and (laughs) we're giving the five points. So those are your best bets. The Jimmy, so have you laid down like, a hundred thousand bucks each on your three picks last week. You'd be sitting pretty. Well, yeah. Good thing I laid down a mill ski on each. No, <laughs> you, you have yourself a one night stay at the Aggie hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll be able to get one room for one night. <laughs> no free ads, <laughs> but you wake up, turn on the shower and see giga Maggie's right in your sight line. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on from the very start.